Good morning, family. Uh, man, service could have ended right there. I could just sit at Vero's feet, like, all day long, right? Um, I, I, as I was hearing her, I was so grateful for um, our, our ministry team, like, just the fact that she does that, and, and, and Maite as well, like, every week. Um, thank you. Thank you, translating team. We love you. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for modeling what it means to lay down your life and love the church um, with all that you are and all the gifts that you bring. So as she's translating this in Spanish. <laughs> Good morning, friends. Um, I wanted to share quickly um, something that just happened this week with my four-and-a-half-year-old son, Ezra. Um, I think they have a picture to help give a little bit of context. So Ezra is four now, and I remember asking him, um, Ezra, what does Christmas mean to you? And, of course, you know, <laughs> like the typical stuff came up, um, Santa Claus, gifts. And so I was really convicted coming into this season, as I'm sure you have felt as a parent in the past um, man, how do we make Christmas about Jesus? Um, so we started this new family tradition. Um, these little blocks every night uh, have a picture and a story connected to it about um, really how Jesus has been all throughout Scripture, even from the Old Testament. And so the other day, Ezra says, as he's moving um, the top block, which has a star on it, Mama, the light is getting closer to the world uh, because the last block on the end, if you'll notice, has uh, the, the glow, uh, planet Earth on it. And I'm reminded even of Maite and what she shared months ago during Testimony Sunday, how at times God uses our own children um, to share truth with us. And it was right then and there, it's like, yes, this is what it's about. This is what Christmas is about, that the light is getting closer to our world, our broken world. My hope for Ezra and my prayer for all of us, church, is that we would have the capacity and like work on this muscle to have expectant joy when it's easy when it's easy to be joyful and to have gratitude so that when we are in the midst of really hard times and darkness, that that muscle would be a lot easier to use and to flex. To have that expectant joy and to be in the waiting, even when it's hard to see that the light is drawing near to us. So how can we wait with expectant joy in this season and in every season? Acknowledging like Gus came up at the end of service last week. Acknowledging that sometimes we are crying out, why, God? How long, Jesus? But that it would be our response to pause, process, and praise in the midst of waiting. Those were the three words that Pastor Chris brought up in service. And, and like my sister mentioned, I feel like Testimony Sunday also gives us that time to like process 
all that we've been learning on Sundays. Because as I was reviewing my notes from last week, I, to be honest, I remember writing those words, but I didn't really connect to them. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to pause, we're going to process, and we're going to praise. It's often so hard to have expectant joy as we wait for the coming of Jesus into the murkiness, the mud, the darkness of our circumstances. So let's build that muscle to pause, to process, and to praise God in the midst of it. It wasn't until this um, last hospitalization with my son Ethan in November um, that that really became clear. Um, I was kind of lost in the, the worry and the fear uh, of waking up to my son's sheets soaked in, in blood and then thinking like, here we go again, God. Um, when, you know, when will this end? And so we're in the hospital uh, for the longest time we have been. Um, I know I've shared about this journey, um, and thank you for being so, so kind and for your prayers. Um, this last time, I got to pause, process, and praise without knowing it. I love how Pastor Chris kind of gave us that framework, how we really saw that framework in the life of Mary. And we're going to revisit her song in just a little bit, how she paused, processed, and praised God. And so I found myself in this hospital room um, desiring to praise God for the first time since starting this journey uh, last summer. I was worshiping God, and Ethan probably thought I was crazy, and that's okay. He doesn't understand the big picture yet. But God made it so evident why we called Ethan, Ethan. Um, his name means resilient, firm, enduring, enduring. It's like, okay, God, I see it now. You're giving me the opportunity in the midst of un so many unknowns to pause to process and to praise. What is it in your life, circumstances, where God is calling you to do the same? It can be so easy when things are great and so much harder when it's hard to even see the light getting closer. And so I found myself like just overwhelmed with gratitude. I asked my mom to bring me um, little thank you cards, and thank you, friend. So gracious. I just found myself, like, inundated with gratitude, and so I began to write thank you notes to every person that we came into contact with, and I made sure that Ethan knew their names, because, again, I had this new mindset, this framework to see pain with, that I could pause, that I could process that, and that I could praise God. And love on people in the midst of my own suffering. And so I don't know, but I, I can only trust and pray that those thank you cards um, were a gift to the people that we encountered. Including Miss Anna, who, bless her heart, would come in at 5 o'clock every morning and draw blood from my baby who was trying to sleep. Um, <laughs> including Mr. Joshua, who um, maybe doesn't feel... Like he's very important because he comes into hospital rooms to clean um, 
but I made sure that he felt known like God. How can you be pausing in the midst of your circumstances and processing through a lens of praising God, friends? How can we do more of that collectively? Um, I would love it if you're able in um, joining me to stand as we reflect back on Mary's song that we looked at last week. And as we read um, this excerpt, I hope you will see how Mary was pausing, processing, and praising. To give you a little bit of context, uh, uh, just a few verses before this, Mary receives the word that she is going to carry the light of the world. And she, in her pausing, in her pausing, she's overwhelmed as any teenage girl would be. She's overwhelmed and says, um, I'm trying to recall the, the text, pardon me. She's just given this incredible, life-changing news. She pauses and processes what it, this is all going to mean for her as a young woman, for her family, for her community, and for the world. And in the midst of being, this is what Luke 1.29 calls out, in the midst of being confused and disturbed. She was confused and disturbed as she should be. She pauses and processes what that's going to mean and concludes, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And this is Mary's posture of praise. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. Do you see how Mary is praising in the midst of the unknown? And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of this servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Lord God, we are so grateful for you um, in, in this season, Lord God, but in every season, that you are a God that loves us and that wants to bless us and that, God, we, all you want is for us to be able to pause, process, and praise you in the easy times when it's so um, easy to, to just be grateful and to be in that gratitude, God, but that we would also Oh, God, would you help us to also be able to praise you when it's hard to see the light coming closer to our world. God, I pray that you would be stirring in people's hearts uh, a testimony to testify of your goodness. God, that we would take this opportunity to praise you. Lord God, I know that there are stories in this room that we have yet to hear from. 
God, stories of how people have seen your goodness even in the darkest of times. And that that would just be such an encouragement to our church this morning. And that ultimately, God, the words that are spoken here would glorify you. We thank you, God, for your word and your son, in whose name we pray. Amen. So we'll just uh, leave the question up here, uh, but the floor is now open. How have we, like Mary, paused, processed, and praised in the waiting? Brother Matthew, I'm making my way over to you. I heard you had your hand up. I'm sorry. Here you go. Uh, hey, everybody. For, for those who may not know, um, this is um, Matthew here, your, your faithful brother in, in the faith. Now, I know Jessica has asked each one of us here um, how we have seen ourselves, God's goodness and all. But reflecting back on this passage here, I kind of... Um, it might sound crazy, but I've often compared um, Mary to that of my, my own mother. Because, you know, look at this. They, they, they came from different sides of the tracks, but they each waited and expected. They, even though they were, you know, a little shocked and overwhelmed at first, they, they did what Chris outlined. My mom especially, because... It wasn't until three months after I was born that she learned I was blind. And I didn't know that ye years later that my, uh, that my name means gift from God. And who would have thought I'd be named after a former tax man? <laughs> so, uh, one of Christ's disciples. And, uh, but re reflecting on this passage for the past few weeks, I, I kind of see how my own mom fits into the picture because she didn't know what um, she, she didn't know what hard times lied, uh, would lie ahead and but she also knew that I would um, that I would be one of God's faithful servants in, in, in these past few decades and to all your moms out there, especially if you have a, a disabled, Child or, or blind or, or what child or whatnot, don't lose hope because they'll who knows they'll they'll bring the light to you when you least expect it. And I could say the same for myself because as as a kid, I often anticipated when I was going to get the Bible in Braille 
Because if, if you don't know, in Braille, it's not one hard copy. It comes in 40 volumes. <laughs> so you have, it, when, you have, when you move, you got to put everything in storage. But at any rate, my mom and Mary, though they had, different, had children at different stages of their lives, they paused, processed, and praised. And they, they knew, um, my mom knew that there would be... Um, that there would be a light at the end of a tunnel. And now here I am at 33, and I've been coming to this church for about seven years. And even though my mom should have been here to testify about this, I, I came on her behalf. So here goes. Thank you, Matthew. And I, I can testify to that, too. Um, your mother has been such a gift um, in praying for me and in reminding me that our, our boys are a gift from God. Um, and I, I can't even begin to imagine what pausing and processing might have looked like for Miss Teresa, but that she could praise God in the midst of receiving that news and to see how God has made you um, must be such a blessing for her. Thank you, Matthew, for sharing. Who else, friends? Ruben. It's good to see uh, Ruben and Thaili back and um, your mama. Bienvenida, señora. Good morning, everybody. So I don't think I've ever spoke about this, but um, last year about this time, I was uh, stuck in the hospital. And I was in pretty bad shape. I've since recuperated, as my wife reminds me every time she grabs my cheeks. <laughs> but um, about a year ago, I was weighing about 160 pounds, frail. And um, I had a tumor that was wrapped around my intestine. Um, I didn't know um, how bad it was until I actually, because I was bouncing from doctor to doctor to doctor, and nobody can figure it out. And then finally they sent me to this genius over at USC Keck Medicine, and right away he's like, I need to put you into surgery right away. And I was like, cool, finally. No, Mr. Vargas, you don't understand. You're in danger, in big danger. Because my intestine kept, uh, like, enlarging, so the walls were about to rip. And everything that was in my intestines was going to come out and I could get sepsis or shock or something. So literally I went from seeing the guy to, and then like a week and a half later, I'm in the hospital and this is in the height of COVID. And I remember just like the shock because when they opened me up to take care of the tumor that was wrapped around my intestine, um, they found out that it was attached to my uh, bladder. So it was spreading all over the place. So a procedure that was supposed to be two or three hours lasted like six or seven. Um, and I walked and I came out of that feeling weird. Um, and my wife was there with me, you know, and this is in the height of COVID, so you couldn't even have that many visitors. Uh, she was there for like, like an hour, I think an hour and a half. That's how they would let her come see me. And I was there alone. Now, the processing part, I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was expecting that they were going to just 
hook it up, and then I was going to jump out of bed and enjoy Christmas. But I was there for 14 days and nights. I spent Christmas in the hospital. And when I got out, the road was so long to get better that I remember thinking, how long is this going to take? And then there was also the real fact that I might have a bag sticking out of my stomach for the rest of my life. Um, that was not what I was expecting at all. And I remember a lot of nights thinking, why me? You know, like, I'm not used to being in that position for people to take care of me. I, I take care of people, my family, my friends, my church. It wasn't natural to me to have you all pray for me, visit me. Um, but God reminded me very much in that time that he never promised that I wouldn't hurt. He just promised he'd be with me through the hurt. You know? And I remember when I finally got home, <laughs> having to deal with all these hoses and, 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 and things that I was carrying with, no strength, you know, my wife tumbling over my tubes. <laughs> and always just thinking, like, I didn't think it was going to end. It took five months for me to get better. Five months. And there are dark times when you're just, like, trying to process everything and see, like, am I going to be like this? Am I ever going to get better? And it really felt like it wasn't. I really, and, and, but I didn't lose hope. And I didn't lose my faith in Jesus, but I just got bitter, you know, because I, I wasn't used to this, you know, and in the process of healing, though, he taught me that in that weakened state that I was in, that's when he was going to show up the most, and though I was, had a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of mixed emotions, he was always there to comfort me, he was always there to remind me, that. and earlier when we were singing that song, I said, and they were singing the lyrics, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I started singing those songs, right? But something happened in my brain. And I heard it say, I love you. I love you forever. And it reminded me of when I was in the hospital. And he would say, I love you. I love you. And here I am. And just the way God orchestrates everything, too, the fact that Reuben would be here after not being here for a while and that it would be Testimony Sunday and that God, like, helped you to even framework with these three words. Thank you, Reuben, for sharing. We're glad you're here. We're glad to see you here. Miss Lupe, I've been praying for Spanish group to come up and uh, just bless us with their testimony. So thank you, God. Thank you, God, for answered prayers. Hi, everybody. Well, as you guys can see, I'm a Raiders fan. Even though the last game was devastated, I'm still with But my number one is God. He's the one that, you know, he... Is the first one in my heart. And what I want to share with you is um, 
that um, God is awesome. God is the greatest, and I'm so thankful to be part of this church because I have learned a lot about him thanks to being in this church. And um, I want to share with you guys that I lost my mom in 2014. And um, it was devastating because even though I lost her and um, my family went really bad. Instead of being together, we all broke apart. And it's a long story, but I will need more time to tell you. <laughs> but uh, I just want to uh, share a little bit of it. And it was so painful for me. I got a very um, strong depression. And I know that nobody noticed it. Nobody helped me, really, because you need to speak up. And the depression, sometimes you don't even acknowledge that the person is suffering, right? But the one that helped me was God. He really helped me to get back together, to be able, hey, you still have family. You have kids to take care of, so you need to, you know, get up. But um, uh, my my closer sisters, that I, they live closer to me, well, they were ignoring me. They were not, you know, um, inviting me to their house. They were just avoiding me. And that was so painful. That was like breaking my heart so much. And um, But I can say that, you know, praying to God, I learned uh, from this church that um, you can write to him, talk to him. And that's what I did. I will write to him every day for a long time, every day. I will say, take me this pain away, you know. I want to be happy. I want to be, you know, joyful, you know. Just give me that, that, um, that comfortness in my life, you know. Give me that, you know, that joy, you know, that I used to have. And uh, so I will say that, you know, being with him, be persistent and have him next to you. He does. Now, you know, I mean, it's been a quite a while that I'm so happy, even though my sisters were not still talking to me, but he gave me, you know, that feeling, you know. I, I'm with you, you know. I'm here for you. So I just want to share to everybody and tell everybody to just go with them, you know. Be with him. No matter what you're going through, he's going to help you. He's going to get you out of the sadness, the broken heart that you have. He's going to give you the hope, the joy, you know, everything that's good that is priceless. You cannot buy that. You know, he's the only one can give it to you. And uh, the joy that I have now is that uh, you just be patient. Just be patient. Now, all of a sudden, you know, my one of my brothers and two of my sisters uh, were always, you know, push me aside, they start talking to me. They inviting me to, to you know, to their gatherings, to, to their house. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm very happy that, you know, God listened to my prayers and, and he's the one that can make everything change. You cannot do it alone. You have to be with him.
have them next to you all the time. Thank you for listening. Oyeron? I mean, you heard it from Letia, right? So <laughs> thank you. Um, and now you can have that posture of praise, right? That's beautiful. Beautiful, Letty. Um, worship team, if you could come on up and I know there are so many, so many unspoken uh, testimonies. And so, yeah, if you just need to process this out, pause and process with someone from our prayer team, um, do that. If God is nudging you to share, at least share with one person. It doesn't have to be up here on a stage for it to count or for it to matter. And that you, if it's hard for you to enter into that posture of praising God in the midst of your circumstances, yeah, just find someone in the room, take that burden to them, help, let them help you carry that. You're not alone, friends. Um, may you feel and truly experience that that light is getting closer to your world, to your dark world.